0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Dr. Michael Yusuf, helping you know your real enemy. Next on Leading the Way. Satan understands
1: biblical authority and leadership. Why? Because he himself has a hierarchy. And Satan uses his hierarchical structure for one purpose and one purpose only. To harass, oppress, hassle
0: the believers. Satan's end goals are to steal, kill and destroy. And like any warrior, you need to understand his tactics. Today, Dr. Yusuf takes you into some of the most practical pages of the Bible, revealing five things about angels, Satan's angels, and God's faithful angels, that will outfit you for the spiritual struggles you'll face. It's all part of the series Know Your Real Enemy. Listen with me as Dr. Yusuf begins.
1: Five things about angels that you must remember. And in the light of that, we're going to look at Satan's hierarchical structure. Angels have individual personalities. Because they are created by God as individuals, they have individual personalities. They're not just a a spiritual force out there that is so nebulous. No. From numerous passages in the Scripture, we are told that angels are continuously, they are willingly, they are joyfully worshipping and honoring and praising the God of heaven. Angels... Worship God because they know God and they know that he is to be loved and he is to be worshipped. He is to be obeyed. And from the word of God we know that angels possess capacity of personality. They have a capacity of intellect. They have a capacity for emotions. They have a a capacity for free will. Each of them have their own identity. Each of them have their own individuality. Each of them have their own mode of existence. Hebrews 1.14 That the angels are God's ministers. They are ministering to the believers. They are ministering to the children of God. They are ministering to the church, the bride of Christ. Their primary responsibility is to administer the will of God. Their primary responsibility is to execute the plan of God in your life and in my life as we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Second things about angels you must remember is this angels never die. Every angel that was created still alive today. Jesus said to the Sadducees in Matthew 22 that in the resurrection day men will be like angels. So that's men and women. It's in the generic. They will neither marry nor be given in marriage. What is Jesus telling us here? That in the ranks of angels they are not depleted by death. And therefore there is no necessary reproduction in order to keep their number constant. The third thing about the angel is that they possess bodies. Not physical bodies, but they have bodies. They are terrestrial bodies, they are celestial bodies, they are heavenly bodies. And heavenly bodies are like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ after the resurrection. It was a body that had form, it was a body that had shape, it's a body that had weight. It was not a body that was supported by the blood system, but it was a body nonetheless. In our physical bodies, the Bible said there is life is in the blood. You drain the blood out and you will not live for very long at all. Heavenly bodies are incorruptible. Heavenly bodies are indestructible. Heavenly bodies are insufferable. And if you are in Jesus Christ, one day you will have a body like that. After the resurrection, Jesus appears in the middle of a room that was tightly locked up. One moment he's in Galilee, next moment he's in Jerusalem. One moment he's talking to Mary outside the tomb and then he tells her that he's going to see the Father and then back in the upper room. Where do you think Hollywood got their ideas? (laughs) Some of them read the Bible. Angels have this type of celestial and heavenly bodies. In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 21, you see the angel Gabriel was moving from place to place at a lightning of speed. Fourthly, Angels were created to live in the heavenly realm. Astronauts and space explorers, when they get out into the space, they have to wear space suit. Why? Because they are created, they are made to live and function and breathe in the earthly atmosphere. And therefore, that suit has an artificial earthly atmosphere inside it that helps them to survive, otherwise they'll explode. Why couldn't they go in their jogging suits? And walk in space. They'll never come back. But the angels were created to dwell in heaven, not on earth. Angels were created to live and exist in the heavenly spheres. Jesus said in Mark 13, 32, about the last day. He said, for the day and the hour, no man knows, neither the angels in heaven. They are created to be in heaven. Fifthly, angels are divided into different ranks. Each with their own responsibilities. Each with their own station. Let me read to you Colossians 1.16. There in that verse you see that the angels are divided into four different categories or ranks of angels. They are thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. The thrones are a higher rank than the dominions. And the dominions are higher rank than the principalities. And the principalities are higher rank than the powers. The throne have a lot more angels under them and the largest sphere of influence than those are in the dominions. And the dominions have more than the principalities and so on. The powers are the enlisted foot soldiers. <laughs> They're the ones that send to execute the purpose of God, the plan of God, a mission that was assigned to them. And then they return back to base. God executes His will and He supervises the administration of His universe. Through the ranks of angels whom he created, and they are in subjection to him. In fact, the common title of God, do you remember in the Old Testament? He is the Lord of hosts. Hosts are the hosts of heaven. There are large and large numbers, zillions and zillions and zillions, untold numbers of angelic beings up there. And the Lord is is given the title, he is the Lord. He He is the Lord of Sabaoth. He is the commander-in-chief of all these untold numbers of angels. At His word, the whole army of angels move. At His command, trillions of angelic beings obey. At His behest, zillions of thrones and authorities and principalities and powers scurry about. At His orders, all the powers of heaven click their wings. He is the Lord of Sabaoth. Before preparing the earth for humanity to live in, God populated the heavenly places with heavenly creatures, each with their own rank, each with their own station, each with their own responsibility. Listen to me, God is a God of order. God is a God of rank. God is not a communist God. God is a God of chain of commands. God loves order. And when things go out of order, you can be sure only one person got in the middle and that's Satan. When Lucifer rebelled against God, when Lucifer's pride got the best of him and got him to try to usurp the authority of God, the throne of God, and the power of God, he was thrown out. But listen, when he was trying this uh, coup, he did not try it alone. He had a whole bunch of other angels with him who fell for his lie, who fell for that trap. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 4, we got a clue of the extent of that original rebellion. It was a big time rebellion. It wasn't just a solely, lonely little angel, great as he was, rebelled, no. The Bible said his tail drew third part of the stars of heaven. The stars of these angelic beings. Lucifer, in a sense, was successful when he rebelled against the living God. He was successful in taking with him and in persuading one third of the angelic being that God created. Hear me right, please. Rebellion against authority does not like to rebel alone. A rebellious heart likes to ferment rebellion around them. Rebellion, by its nature, is very destructive. And therefore, it wants to see greater destruction. Rebellion, by its very nature, is a determination to create as much havoc as possible. So Satan tempted and persuaded one-third of the angelic beings. Of course, Lucifer was giving them all kinds of incentives. He was giving them all kinds of promises. Promises of promotions and, and bonuses and a key to the executive washroom and, Stock options and company jet and skiing vacation in St Moritz every year. <laughs> he promised them according to the ranks, thrones, principalities, dominions and powers. Because he optimistically thought that he was going to succeed and he going to sit on the throne of God. So third of all the angels bore into his lie. I want to tell you something. The Lord blessed my heart this week as I was preparing this. He succeeded of taking third which means that for every demon that is harassing you, there are two angels who are protecting you. (laughs) Give glory to God. But do you know that there are many millions of people today, millions and millions and millions of people throughout the world today, still falling into that same lie of Satan. Today, it is the same Satan Who promises the best and pays the worst. He promises honor and pays with dishonor. He promises pleasure and he pays with pain. He promises profit and he pays with losses. He promises life but he gives you death. It's the same Satan. It's the saddest thing in many ways. For Christians who don't resist the devil. Christians who don't flee from temptation. Here's the saddest part. Christians are the only soldiers who fraternize with the enemy. Have you thought about that? We're the only soldiers who fraternize with the enemy. In an earthly army, fraternizing with the enemy is a treason. You get court martialed. Now, I want to tell you from the very depth of my heart don't take the mercy of God for granted, don't take the grace of God for granted. Don't give room to the enemy to work in you and through you. You see, when Lucifer was thrown out of heaven, he set up his kingdom. He set up his government on the same model that is the only model that was known to him. Because he was there in heaven. He was there in the presence of God. He was there in front of the throne of God day and night. He saw the government model of God, and that's what he copied. That's what he stole. That's what he hijacked. <laughs> he has no originality whatsoever. That's what he counterfeit. So he patented his administration after God's form, after God's system. So if you look at Ephesians 6, 12, when Paul is referring to the warfare of believers... He lists four identical ranks that we have in Colossians 1.16. Paul lists exactly the same ranks of Satan's system here in Ephesians, which he lists in God's ranks when he created heaven in Colossians. And that is why the angels that followed Satan, that third of the angelic being that went with him, are referred to as fallen angels. They are demons And these demons have the same capacities as they had before they were fallen. Somebody said, when Satan fell, he lost his innocence, but he did not lose his intelligence. These fallen angels have their own distinct personalities. They have their own distinct characteristics. They do not die, and they're not limited by time or space. But they worship Lucifer instead of the living God. Please hear me right. This is a very important matter. Satan is not omnipresent. I'll repeat that. Satan is not omnipresent. That means he cannot personally be everywhere at the same time. He cannot be at your house at the same time that he is at my house. But this is not much comfort for us because his demons are everywhere. Satan does not work through his own personal presence, but through these fallen angels, through these demons. These demons are ready and willing and able to harass the believers. They are ready and willing and able to frustrate you. They are ready, willing and able to oppress you. They are willing and able to do anything once you give them the chance. And when Paul said that our fight is not against flesh and blood, he was saying that we are not just dealing with the principle of evil, as some of the liberals like to say. We are not just dealing with a vague notion of forces of evil. We are dealing with personalities who have names and who have characters. We are dealing with well-disciplined, well-armed, and blindly obedient soldiers of Satan. We are not dealing with someone who punches the clock at 8 o'clock in the morning and he punches out at 4.30 in the afternoon. Half an hour for lunch and two coffee breaks in between. (laughs) I wish it was the case. We're not dealing with someone who takes six months vacation twice a year. You cannot afford a moment, I cannot afford a moment and say to myself, now I can let my guard off because Satan is somewhere else, his demons are somewhere else. As spiritual beings who possess spiritual bodies, they are not limited to space and time. These demons will dog every one of your footsteps. They will follow you in every turn. They will shadow you everywhere you go. They will attack your every plan. They will invade your prayer life. They will foil your every thought. They will hinder your testimony. And they will discourage you in every way they know how. And Satan does all that by using his demons or using some Christians... And even some family members. Now I can tell you, looking at this kind of superficially, you say this is frightening. Not to the child of God. And this is the most important news I'm going to announce to you today. Not to the faithful servant of the living God. Because the faithful servant of God who is not quenching the Holy Spirit, who is not grieving the Holy Spirit, a faithful servant of God who is not living in constant disobedience to God and to the Word of God, that person has the power of God's Holy Spirit and the angels of God watching over you to strengthen you and to empower you as you go and from victory to victory. Amen. <laughs> Unbeknown to you, God's angelic beings are surrounding you. They are executing the will of God on your behalf. They are faithfully standing beside you to preserve you, to keep you, to sustain you until you get to heaven. Why? Because you're the heir of salvation. You are a prince and princesses. You are the children of the king. You know, one of the great gifts that one of my children gave me in a big picture. And a father kneeling beside his son's bed and there on his knees praying and outside the window there are demons trying to get in but the angel of the Lord standing guard as a parent I want to tell the parents today that as you go on your knees as you pray for your children as you intercede on your children as you offer the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving even as Job did As you intercede on their behalf, the angels of God will foil the demons' plots, they will foil the demons' plans, and they're going to foil the demons' assignments. And as long as you stay on your knees, you're inviting God's angels to work through you and through them. Look, I have nothing against books, please understand me. I love books, I devour books, I write books. Parents, read all the books you can lay your hands on. But don't hang on these books as if they are your salvation for bringing up children. I hear people saying, oh, you know, Dr. Superfish wrote a book on this. Oh, this is very helpful. Oh, I can't bring my children without reading that book. Read all the books you want. But I want to tell you, if you read the books, but you don't spend time on your knees before God praying, interceding, and crying even tears before God, I want to tell you, you cannot help your children. Amen. You know... Part of the reason for doing this series is I believe we don't have balance in the Christian community. We have a group of people who said all you need to do is cast out demons and everything is okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But the impression is given that once the demons are cast, everything is hunky-dory and you're never going to be assaulted again. (laughs) Which really is a trick. Because before you know it, Satan will get you again if you let him. On the other hand... We have people in the mainline church and beyond who ignore Satan and all his activities. They ignore Satan and all his demons. And I believe the Bible is giving us a balance here. And that's what motivated me as I sought the Lord and prayed about this. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter who you are and how long you spend in prayer. You're going to find a demon whose name is past sins that is going to come knocking on your door again and again. And he's going to remind you of your past sins. Here's how you deal with him. Remind him of his future. Because the Bible said that the lake of fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. They're going to be there. If you get a demon whose name is fear comes to you and he places dread, he places doubt, he places fear in your heart, you take the sword of the Spirit and tell them about the promises of God for you. When the demon who is called worry comes to you and he loads you with fear, he loads you with cares of this world, tell them, My Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. That's how you have the victory. You got to know how to fight to win over these defeated adversaries. Toothless, barking, lion. But I want to tell you something, and that's a warning from directly from the Word of God. If you Blithely go your happy, merry way, working hard, not spending time with the Word, playing hard and hardly praying. You keep doing that for just a little while, a couple of days, a few days. And before you know it, the demons are going to attack you in whatever area of life that you left open, whatever door that you have left ajar. And before you know it, as a Christian, you're going to be sitting down watching yourself look like a souffle, collapsing. I'm going to read the close, but I want you to hear me right. I hope you remember everything I said, but if you don't, I want you to remember what I'm going to say, this last sentence. As I study the Word of God, as I pour on the Word of God, I believe that when Satan tries to defeat God's purpose, he has to do it in you and through you. In me and through me. Because we are facing an adversary that we cannot see. Therefore, we must know his purpose. We must know his method. And we must know that we already have victory over him. All you need to do is line up behind your in chief. If you step out and you got a hit, don't stay there. Don't have a pity party, just go back there and say,
0: forgive me. I'm going to lie behind you again. And God will give you the victory. Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf, for today's Leading the Way. You know, the ministry of Dr. Yusuf goes far beyond a radio broadcast on this station. Messages from Dr. Yusuf are also available in many other languages around the world. Languages like Arabic, Farsi, Cantonese, Turkish, Russian, in fact, in 26 of the world's most spoken languages, and growing. It's amazing how God has opened doors over the last 30 years for an obedient local pastor to spread the word of God around the globe through radio, television, books, digital, and many other media. There are more than two billion unreached people on earth today. That's two billion people who don't know the life-saving truth of Jesus. Two billion people living without knowing God. Two billion people without hope. For too long, language barriers and limited access to technology have roped off remote parts of the world, making their access to the gospel almost impossible. That desperate need is why Leading the Way has developed The Navigator, The Navigator is a solar-powered audio device packed with scripture and over a hundred of Dr. Yusuf sermons presented in one of 26 of the world's most spoken languages. It's solar-powered, durable and easy to conceal. The perfect tool for evangelism, discipleship and church planting in remote areas where there are no Bibles, no local churches and high illiteracy rates. Since the launch of the Navigator, Leading the Way has distributed over 130,000 of these smart pocket missionaries, and that number is climbing every day. The demand for the Navigator is tremendous, which is why an increase in Navigator distribution is one of the core goals of Vision 2025, Leading the Way's initiative to bring 1 million souls to Christ. To reach this profound need, we're increasing Navigator production globally, but we're also testing a new device as part of our Navigator outreach. This new device is uniquely designed to reach Arabic-speaking people in urban areas. Leading the Way is right now poised to begin distribution of this new type of navigator device to Arabic-speaking refugee communities across Europe, Africa and South America. The need is urgent. We must get the Word of God into the hands of people who have never heard the good news. The time is now. Your involvement today will provide the gift of the gospel, not only through the Navigators, but through all of our Leading the Way outreaches across TV, radio, online, and more. Contact us to be a part of this move of God. Learn more when you call 1-300-133-589. That's 1-300-133-589 or online at ltw.org, ltw.org.